0: Humble Holding Up is sponsored by the North Coast Co-op and Humboldt Hydroponics. You know uh, the North Coast Co-op—no mystery that it's the favorite grocery store of Humboldt Holding Up. We go there for lunch all the time. Andrew, I know you love the solids, also and- the poke
1: bowls. But I shouldn't <laughs> say it. I shouldn't say that out loud because then there'll be a rush on the poke bowl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, whatever it is that you love, they've got it there at the North Coast Co-op. Go check them out at both Arcata and Eureka.
1: And Humble Hydroponics, they are located at 1302 Union Street. That is uh, right next to the Broadway Cinema, unless in case you don't have a map in, in your brain. Uh, you can visit them there, and their knowledgeable staff will help you with all your growing needs. Humble Hydroponics, locally owned and operated.
0: From humble holding up your right. mother loving right. podcast, I'm Stephanie McGarry,
1: and I'm Andrew Goff. I don't know is this is this a is this a good Mother's Day themed? Uh,
0: where, where I actually, as a mother,
1: yeah, you actually, tell
0: me. I think that it is uh, because you mentioned it, of course, today. We're going to talk about uh, some of the, the recent news around Roe v. Wade. And yeah. I think that that is a very important uh, discussion on Mother's Day because... I, as a mother, I firmly believe nobody should have to become a mother who doesn't want to.
1: (laughs) As you uh, (laughs) make sure that Elmo is on for your child before we get going on this.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, yeah. Well, as I'm sure all, all the rest of you are aware, this was a giant week of news in this country. You know, for the past 50 years, ever since the Supreme Court ruling in Roe v. Wade, women here in America have enjoyed the protection of their right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. But this week, we received a strong indication that that right is going away. We know this due to a leak of a draft opinion written by Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito that could be uh, released in the next month or so. Obviously, this is a draft, so things could change, but it does seem like the Supreme Court is poised to rescind the right to an abortion at the federal level
0: yeah so it can be some slightly frightening stuff and we thought with this going on it would be a good time to check in with our our local reproductive health providers at planned parenthood to see if someone uh, could come on and and talk about these times that we're in Um, and much to our surprise uh we were actually connected to none other than the CEO for the Northern California region of Planned Parenthood. Uh, Gilda Gonzalez uh, agreed to come on the podcast with us today, so it's a big deal for us. She has served in her current role as uh, CEO of Planned Parenthood NorCal for about five years or so. Um, So we're very honored to have her uh, come on today and talk about the uncertain era that we find ourselves in. So, what do you say we get her in here? Hi,
1: yeah. Gilda. Hello.
0: Well, so so first of all, we just want to you know thank you for taking the time to to speak with us on what we're sure has been an emotional uh, week and obviously very busy for you. You know, we usually on this podcast just talk to people based here in in Little Humboldt, so <laughs> this is a a little bit. um unusual from our, our our normal format but but you are the the ceo of planned parenthood northern california which includes humboldt county um and i think has something like 17 centers in in it okay yeah and one of those is the center in eureka which you know, mm-hmm. serves our area so we obviously want to talk about the potential ramifications of the news of the of the week but we thought we'd just start out by quickly, you know, having you introduce yourself and explaining, you know, a little bit of, of your role at Planned Parenthood.
2: Sure. So, um, Gilda Gonzalez, and I'm the CEO of Planned Parenthood at Northern California. We officially began to serve the Trinity, Humboldt, Del North uh, counties in 2014 after the previous affiliate um, basically dissolved. And so we are proud to be in the area. Um, If we did not step up, there would not have been Planned Parenthood services in that area. And also uh, sexual reproductive health care because there is limited access given the religiously affiliated and other limitations to the other providers in that area. So frankly, it's an honor to serve uh, the most northern region uh, communities.
0: You know, I, I mean, I'm sure it took a lot of work to get to where you are, you know, today. Um, could you give us maybe a little bit of a background on on how you ended up, how how one ends up the CEO of Planned Parenthood and, and at what t- at point or Northern California? Excuse me. At what point in your life did you decide, you know, this was the, the work that you wanted to devote your life to?
2: So, um I uh, grew up in the Central Valley, so I'm originally from a rural community, a small town called Atwater, uh, right out in said county. Okay. And so, okay. right, you know, yeah, so yeah. when I go up to Eureka, it's just, you know, it feels like I'm, I'm looking for my dad's house, right? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so rural community is in my DNA. So I then uh, left to go to undergrad in the Bay Area, and it was there that I had my first um, uh, visit to Planned Parenthood. And it is the Planned Parenthood that I'm actually the CEO of, and um, so it is quite uh, full circle for me. And um, and I tell people that though I walk through the doors of our affiliate much the way people do now, in that low income, limited uh, sexual comprehensive sexual ed uh, education. And frightened like hell. I mean, you know, I came from a discipline in my family and a tradition where I thought the gates of hell were going to kind of open and I was going to get swallowed up if I walked through the doors of Planned Parenthood. Um, Much to my relief, that did not come true, and I got the care <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> and I got the care that I needed, and um, and I was able to again finish my um, college education go on to do other, um, other work, get a postgraduate degree. And, um, for me, I wouldn't be anywhere else because I know what it did for me and, and altered forever in a very positive way, my trajectory and my family's trajectory. And so this work is alive in, in, in all ways for me. And so, um, I actually was doing a CEO position in another organization in East Oakland, and I gifted myself a year sabbatical. And at the beginning of that year, I said, there's two things. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but there's two things that I know fire me up on a daily basis. One is all things feminism and two protecting abortion access. So nine months into my one year. Uh, an opportunity to join Planned Parenthood arrive. I came to the affiliate in a different position, but then within a year, uh, my predecessor did retire, and I competed for this position. So, uh, that's the short version. Wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, with the with the with the passion that you clearly have for this work, this must have been uh, you know a shocking week uh, for you, as it was for many. You know, with reports that. Roe v. Wade's future and, and thus guaranteed a- access to abortion in this country very much, you know, in question at this moment. Um, maybe we could just get your initial reaction to this latest Supreme Court development. You know, were, were you surprised or have you felt like it was only a matter of time before something like this happened?
2: I was shocked that it was late. That that mm-hmm. was my shock. But um, once it was. um, the gravity of taking down Roe in terms of this draft opinion uh, was um, even though in my mind I had we would everyone in the movement sort of had understood the the degrees of bad decisions right (laughs) because there was there was no good decision in uh, that we were anticipating so to have had it turn out to be the worst um, Mm, was quite a lot to grapple with. And again, we're still waiting to see the final decision. And um, so uh, for me, it was uh, really pivoting clearly in all of my community contacts thereafter was to really level set with people to say, There is no way any of us can be in denial for all too long. People were like, no way. Law of the land, right? There's never been a constitutional protection that has been taken away. So people have been in denial. And so my thing is now there is no more needed. You must not be in denial. And the other thing that I impart to people is that this is a direct result of election results. Yeah. And so you have to be engaged. If this matters to you, you have to be all in at this yeah. point. There's yeah. no gray area anymore in any of this.
1: No. Yeah. So I, I, the way this works, as as you know, you know, is if, if Roe v. Wade were to be overturned, as it looks like it probably will, uh, you know, then the question of abortion legality would, would go to the individual states to decide. And, you know, while there's indication that that many states would would move to outlaw abortion you know obviously here in california uh, we, we've read state legislators are readying efforts to enshrine uh, the right to abortion in the state constitution with everything that's going on how, how do you feel about how california specifically is is answering this moment
2: well i'll, I'll roll back uh because in september mm. California Planned Parenthood affiliates, seven of us, and our partners created the Future of Abortion Council in September. In December, we issued a blueprint. We had already begun to lay out. And this was right at the timing of SBA went into effect in Texas. And so we're, we're knee deep in that blueprint so we have 13 pieces of legislation already moving through and so this this constitutional amendment is in addition to everything else um because again we want to ensure and to address the already um abortion access challenges here right now for californians i mean yeah. we all we all know in terms of even Humboldt, right if you're past a certain gestation, you need to come to our Santa Rosa or some other health center to get the care that you need, because we already have limitations to abortion access in California, and we will anticipate the out-of-state to put a further strain. So we have a lot of work here to do in California, and I'm grateful that we sit in a reproductive freedom state and enshrining this in a constitutional amendment will secure that because we can't rely on, oh, a a supportive governor being in place from now into the future. We need to not take any of those chances and not not take any... um, any risk of of saying oh california's got it all figured out well no let's double down while we can now would
1: you would you say that with the pieces that are currently in place you're feeling pretty good about the the direction that we're moving and and moves that are being made at this at this current moment
2: Uh, i am positive about what we're doing and there's more to do yeah, I was yeah. going
0: to ask do you feel like there's more that that needs to be there done. A, yeah. Always. Okay. Right?
1: And this like is like
2: and this is what, what else? What annoying. else would you
1: like what what else would you like to see see done?
2: Well, we we obviously uh need a lot of investment in in those of us on the ground doing the healthcare. We have so many challenges from workforce to technology, to security. I mean, we've, it, there's just tons, right? There's just tons of investments that, that, and that's why I was up in Humboldt this past weekend is, mm. again, because great supporters in that community and we want to keep on fundraising, but also we want meaningful investment from the state to to make sure that we are ready to, again, serve Californians and then anybody who comes to our doors from other states.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do do you anticipate, uh, you know, the potential for other states banning abortion impacting uh, our California centers? I mean, uh, I don't know where necessarily the closest place might be where where we anticipate that
2: happening. But um, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, uh, okay.
1: No. Idaho, yeah.
2: The Guttmacher Institute uh, already did a study. And uh, within the worst case scenario, um, it is estimated that California could see a 3000% increase in patients coming to us, upwards of 1.4 million patients on an annual basis. Yes. So wow. that's what the number is. And it is mind boggling. I say it over and over. It's hard to say, and it's even harder to imagine. And Mm -hmm. that is why I keep on saying we have to fortify all of our access points now, right? Because what that means in, in one of the implications for Humboldt is then how do people in Humboldt County that need to get services, right? And the strain is already put on them by other, you know, folks. So that's the reality that we're needing to grapple with and prepare for.
0: Yeah, I, it, 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 I I wonder how frightening that is at especially this point in time where I can only imagine that that many of the centers have also been impacted with with COVID and and things mm-hmm. as there already staffing crises going on and you know in addition to to these other developments.
2: Yeah, well, I, I just want to. Uh, there's no time for fear. And I I know I don't mean I know that you didn't mean that, but I just I want to say that it's not an ounce of fear. We're resolved. Yeah. And and this is about the most serious moment that we've had in this in this reproductive movement. And so I'm I'm really happy to say that everybody on my team and our leadership that we're all in. And you keep you keep hearing me say that. And I mean that. And uh, there's three things that I I tell my team when there is a moment of crisis. There's three things that I lean into remain calm, be brave and act brave and have the long view. And those things are the things that we're now kind of in a, a methodical way, building and scaffolding and planning. That's what we have to do for now. And then as we project forward, because, again, it's really hard to make a lot of investments void of what we what we know, what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So that's the challenge. And to your point, yes, COVID has has just put us through all of you, everyone, our communities, our organization. We're no different. Uh, It has been hard. But let me tell you, people are so committed to the mission that we drew a line in the sand and said, never will we take down abortion. Even in the most challenging days of COVID, we did not deter on our ability to serve our patients for abortion care. That was because when we saw our partners tagging abortion as non-essential, we were like, no, that's that's crazy. It is essential. And we have to stay open no matter what. And it's been tough. It's yeah, been
1: tough. Sure. If we could just talk a little bit more about this idea of of California as um, as a you know a, an an abortion sanctuary, you know, for women to come out out of state and and receive care. You know, like, this is something that Governor Newsom he's made it abundantly clear. Like we welcome this role. You know, like what are are we? Are, 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 are we prepared for that? Like, is you know, it seems like, you know, there's there's going to be uh, California patients seeking care. There's going to be, as you said, 1.4 million potentially other people coming to the state like that. That seems like, a, 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 as you say, a massive number. Um, what are, are we are we ready? Are we anywhere near ready?
2: Well, we're going to have to be ready, well, however, that ready looks. We're going to have to be ready because people are already coming. The uptick in out-of-state patients has already happened and it started in September and on average the 7 California plan period affiliates started seeing on average 80 out-of-state patients a month mm. since last September we alone have now, I think ours has gotten, I've definitely checked with my staff uh, uh, as of yesterday, but we were hovering around mid-60s, right under 70 out-of-state patients, and a vast majority of them had come to us from Texas. Wow.
1: Well, if my, if my personal social media feeds are, are any indication, you know, there are no shortage of people who are, are angered and energized uh, by the threat to uh, Rovers Wade what would be what would be your advice on how or where people can direct that energy
2: yeah quick quick things yeah Yeah, said it over and over if you're not registered to vote register to vote now immediately and if you're registered to vote vote and make sure that you're always voting for a reproductive freedom champion and you can find out about people's record you can kind of Go into some of our sister affiliate Planned Parenthood Northern California Action Fund websites. We will let people know where folks stand on the issues. That is an imperative. As I said, we've gotten to this moment as a direct result of election. And I'm not being partisan. I'm just saying, regardless of people's party, if they are not a reproductive freedom champion, that is not good. Second thing is, um, I'm encouraging people to support the constitutional amendment and this is not a moment to be wordsmithing it and saying well i kind of maybe sort of don't feel comp-. no whatever is advanced we need to support it we have to support it one of the things that i talked about when i was in humboldt last weekend i talked about abortion stigma and it is a real issue even amongst our supporters and it is a notion of sort of gonna be in halfway. So, well, I support abortion, but only in certain uh, conditions. No, we have no time for that. We have to be 100% in support of this constitutional amendment. Third thing is support your local Planned Parenthood affiliate. That is important. It makes a difference. We need that support. To make sure as i mentioned earlier to ensure that we have the proper workforce we have the proper security measures and all of the other things that are needed for patient care and the fourth thing is to consider supporting abortion funds here in california specifically in the bay area we have been utilizing um, access reproductive justice it's an abortion fund based out of the east bay and they have been a true partner for us in allowing people in, uh, to get to us and to have some support. And that, that goes back to one of your first questions about why I do this. Knowing my experience coming up in a low income family, and this is the people who are gonna be the hardest hit because we always know folks who have means can get abortions probably anywhere, okay? Mm-hmm. Even in Texas. And it is the people with low incomes already marginalized that are going to bear the biggest burden of them all. And so that is why abortion funds are going to be critical in protecting and supporting people in these hostile states.
0: You know, you 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 spoke a little bit about you know, just the access in in rural areas as well. And so, of course, you know, in Humboldt, we are a a rural area, you know, we Mm -hmm. thought maybe we could just get you to address us directly a little bit up here, you know, behind the Redwood curtain, um, in case people are feeling concerned about what is happening. Um, You know, what can you say to people in Humboldt to assure them that their access to to reproductive care Mm -hmm. won't be interrupted?
2: Yes, uh, well, <laughs> I'm doing everything we can to make sure that that happens. And uh, and that is a critical part of our work is, is not retracting, but expanding. And we only can expand with people's support. So we launched a campaign called the Safe Haven campaign in May of 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it was made up of three parts. The first part was for retention and recruitment of clinicians. The second was to support the advancement of our frontline non-clinician staff to advance their clinical licensing. And the third was to support patients who need to travel for care within Northern California. and most of that i would say 80% of that was focused on rural care because we have to um do everything to ensure that we have clinicians in rural health centers because there is a disparity and and i and i have no we can we can brainstorm on why that is but people you know we don't have that same challenge in sort of the outer bay the inner bay but To get people, and we find that if people grew up in the rural areas, there's a little bit more, but that's, you know, very few people. People then have to be incentivized to then relocate to these other locations. Um, Once they get there, they fall madly in love with the, the community, but they just don't know. The beauty of Eureka they don't know the beauty of Reading or you know Chico right and we have to incentivize them to see the beauty, and so that requires resources in some cases we've had to go up a upwards of $75,000 bonus. Just to have somebody to take one of those positions. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's. it. I mean, it's pr- it's pretty nice here. I, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> like, so if you can get seventy five thousand on top of it already yeah. being nice here, you're you're doing pretty good. I would have to
2: say. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to do whatever it takes to make sure that people see how nice it is. And and, yeah. and I'm just telling you, we've had to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. We've had to do that. So that's why it's important for the community to support us because. If we don't have those resources, we don't have any way to incentivize people yeah. to take those positions. If we need to, yeah. yeah.
1: So back, back to like the the, the state level a- aspect of this. Yeah, I think you mentioned uh, 13, 13 specific pieces of legislation that are that are moving through. Uh, the capital that uh, around this yes. effort to kind of like uh, codify and, and and put up a firewall to protect abortion in the state. Can you just speak maybe just about a couple of those and what they would do? And, and just, you know, so people can have a better idea of you know, wrap their brain around around this effort.
2: Yeah. So 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 I just want to just want to um, make a slight correction. So the the 13 pieces of legislation are a myriad of uh, action that are really designed to support the planned parented affiliates okay. in all of our clinical operations for now, okay? Yeah. but again, that's a critical conversation for us to make sure that we can function at full capacity now and then be able to scale up. So I don't want to misrepresent that these are all about, you know what may happen later these okay. are uh for the functionality and i can um actually i could probably send you a listing of all of those uh, measures okay and um and included in that is also budget requests that we have for the state budget because part of that is to make sure that the reimbursement rates for um patient care is um, is sustainable for us. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why is because 88% of the 70 or thousand or so patients that we see throughout our 17 health centers, 88% of them come to us with some type of state subsidized health care, mm-hmm. medical or FPAC, as it's referred to.
0: You know, we thought it might be a, a good idea just to reserve a, a, a little bit of this uh, as a health education, you know, section um in case I don't know uh, if we have any younger listeners of this podcast. But in case, you know, there's anybody listening who might be reaching an age where reproductive health care is a concern for them. Do you think you could just sort of run through uh, the list uh, of services that Planned Parenthood provides and Mm -hmm. how someone can seek that out?
2: Yeah. So thank you for um, providing that space. So um, I think the most important thing for us to communicate to young people is that there is a place for you to go that will not judge you and we'll give you the honest, scientific, fact-based truth about information around your body, your sexuality, your, um, any of the questions that you have about um, sexual reproductive care. And that's Planned Parenthood. And um, so access us uh, through online, uh, make an appointment, if you have any concern, you do you will have confidential care. You don't have to disclose this to your parent and we are not obligated to tell your parents who you are coming to us. And so that's an added protection we've had here in California. So safe space. That is what I want to impart to the young people in Humboldt. Planned parented is non-judgmental compassionate, going to tell you the truth, and is a safe place. I think it's also important uh, for young people to uh, get the information um, before they become sexually active. All too often, they come to us after they become sexual active, and we would prefer them to come in before to walk through um, what information they need to make the right decisions for themselves and that is very very important to understand birth control how it works also to understand sexually transmitted infections or commonly known as stds um, and really empower themselves with all of that information so again they can make the right decision for themselves.
0: I realized that I, as somebody who lives in California, take some of these things for granted because I have always had access to uh, good reproductive health care centers. And when you speak about providing just a non-judgmental space, um, I have often heard stories from other people I know who have gone to seek some kind of care um, uh, to to get an abortion or to get access to uh, an IUD or something like that, and have been. Um, Met with judgment from healthcare providers mm-hmm. um, in other states, and on also even sometimes here, uh, even places where it is legal, uh, some people's own opinions come into it. And I have heard all kinds of things about judgment about having sex, you know, before marriage, or mm-hmm. you know, somebody's sexual identity or gender identity, and just all kinds of things. And it, it, it's it's so horrible to to hear and and so you know having having Planned Parenthood and and the services that that it provides is just so critical and so I just you know I just wanted to mention that because I realize sometimes
2: that 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 is I had an experience 12 uh, 12 or 13 years ago at yeah. my your provider here in the Bay Area and you know I had asked for something they were kind of like huh what and I'm like
0: yeah, yes. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it it Yes, yes. I've had friends, you know, some who had a an, an STD and had the healthcare provider tell them that they got it because they had sex before marriage. So that doesn't seem very scientific.
2: Yes, no, exactly. um, no, no, it is not. It is not. And that's exactly why, again, it's important that we talk about abortion stigma and stigma related to uh, sexual reproductive care. It's it's time to get over that. It's time to just be fact based, science based. Let and trust people to make their own dignified decisions.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, you mentioned you know that you were recently uh, up here in Humboldt uh, for for an event. And I was wondering if you could just you know, speak a little bit uh, about about the local operation here and how you how you feel they're doing. And like, do you feel like they're receiving the the help from um, this community that that, you know, to an adequate level to accomplish the work that they set out to do?
2: Yeah. So um, in addition to meeting some of our supporters, I actually um, also met with the health center staff. And I always do that twice a year. I make my way out to all the health centers to make sure that I hear from every single person uh, individually and personally. And uh, and the team is doing good and the team's going doing good. And I was I was very, very um, uh, always inspired uh, by their commitment. And our community was fired up. And uh, so we um, we saw uh, an amazing amount of generosity uh, occur that night. We always are um, needing more, uh, but I am so grateful for the turnout and the dollar amount that was raised. I think it was the highest amount we've ever raised uh, in the area. And it was uh, around one hundred thousand dollars.
1: And was that that was even that was before the the leak of the Supreme Court draft. Right. right?
2: Yeah. So that was last Saturday. Yeah. But we've
0: been seeing, you know, that that like you said, this this was part of of many recent decisions and things that have been uh, yeah. threatening uh, reproductive health rights, and so I think right. that there has been that that energy going right. on for a little yeah. while.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, and that's that's part of our issue too, and 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 uh, not only the healthcare, but. Uh, to support um, whatever other external so we have public affairs we have um, people who ha- support the fundraising and you know educators and so without that additional money we can't do those services because those are not reimbursable not like our healthcare services are so we can't do those functions without and and um And without grants and other support, so it is very critical that we have um, meaningful uh, um, donations and support from the community, because we want to continue to do those services locally. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I know I I asked you before where, where people could direct their energy if these issues, if they feel passionate about them and you said you know voting and and, and donation but what about people that want to maybe take it a little further than that and you know they they want to devote their themselves to like a career in this field are there specific mm-hmm. um staffing opportunities or volunteer opportunities that that where you see you know there's a need that you could say like you would direct people like you go get this certificate or go uh, and go get this schooling or
2: yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So, cause we definitely need a new pipeline of healthcare providers. Um, yeah. and we've seen that through COVID and fatigue and, and just, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot
1: of people who had, had a rough go the last two years yeah, in, the, in the healthcare absolutely. field,
2: but I would encourage people to go onto our website and if you scroll down, um, and it's, uh, um, you know, be with us, work with us and and you can see all the different opportunities uh, that we have. We're always looking for people who are interested in our work. And also, if they are interested in supporting us locally, there is a board of advocates. This is a volunteer group that um, we sponsor in Humboldt County. And they're the group of folks that um, hosted the event last weekend. And that is a great way for people also to be um, active and to be with like-minded people if they are uh, not up for um, looking for a healthcare profession. So I would encourage them to reach out to the health center in humboldt and in eureka excuse me and to ask about the humboldt uh, board of advocates
0: yeah. okay yeah okay
2: That's,
0: yeah is there meet anything on a monthly basis oh they oh okay meet on a monthly basis yeah I heard that is there anything else sort of coming up that you know you know of uh, up here you know I, I know that there are often a lot of rallies of events, you know, ways for people to get uh, involved. Uh, you know, hosted by our, our local Planned Parenthoods. Um, is there anything that you that you know of
2: yeah so we we we're going through and and now with the leak <laughs> opinion again it's not the final yes yeah. portion yeah. is still uh, uh constitutionally protected but now we know that we're going through a lot of machinations of what that may look like over the next couple of weeks so stay tuned you'll you'll be able to hopefully you're connected or and you're signed up to be on our list if you can go to Plant parent in Northern California and to join our list. Uh, we will give you more than you need in terms of information <laughs> and follow us on Facebook uh, as well. And um, and uh, because I, I get often people say, my goodness, I get all your emails. Uh, <laughs> And I apologize, but people say, no, no, no. I appreciate the information. So we try to be very real time and active in our communication about what's the latest, greatest. So if you sign up, that will be the best way we can stay in active communication on anything that may uh, be planned or literally pop up, because that's what we saw this last week was the pop up everybody show up five o'clock at your federal building and, you yeah. know, yeah. So it it kind of happens like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's no shortage of, of uh, rallies being planned. I, if you may <laughs> be heartened to hear, I've, I feel like I've seen five or six, you know, yeah. come across into our email box about, Yes. Uh, yeah. Coming I up was going to say, weeks and
0: I think on, yes, we have another one on, on Sunday, maybe not actually hosted by Planned Parenthood. I don't think. Yeah. That, um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, of course there are many, many people yes
2: and we love the big tent right the big tent of the reproductive movement there's room for everybody there's room for everybody and and uh so i i love that i love that i don't disparage anything but folks uh basically moving it forward all of us it's going to take all of us absolutely
0: and i have to say whenever i go to one of these rallies the last time i went um Hearing so many people just share their personal stories, um, you know, of how a, a Planned Parenthood uh, really, you know, helped them or, or saved them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hearing uh, people share their own stories openly of mm-hmm. uh, of having had an abortion um, is always just so powerful to me. And I think, I think, just another good way that we can that we can help. Too is just to like you said, helping to remove the stigma. Uh, I think is is a is really important, and uh, it, that that's always really heartening to to yeah. me to hear people from so many just different different backgrounds, um, different demographics, just sharing their own personal story of
2: yeah.
0: you know of of reproductive health and like we have a group here. Well, I know they're they're all over, but the, the clergy uh for choice. for choice and that that always is really inspiring to me too is uh you know that group mm-hmm. as well speaking at, at those events so yeah. Yeah. but
2: and, you know and i and i shared a story um uh with the humboldt supporters about um one of these trips i, I mentioned into our health centers and another rural health center i was in and a staff person was saying how much she loved her job and how much appreciation she was getting from patients. And I asked her, was there a patient encounter that stands out to her? And she was telling me you know, that they had seen a patient two weeks prior who self-identified as homeless. And um, this patient was telling our staff that she had gotten care recently at another healthcare entity and that they didn't treat her well and that they didn't even treat her like a human being. And, you know, it kind of took my breath away when they said that, because, again, we, you know, we're talking about abortion, but I'm just talking about people because I'm not too sure what the patient came in here for. But she then appreciated our staff for treating her like a real person, quote unquote, with dignity. And so that cannot be emphasized enough that. That it's, it's just as basic as that, right? That people are respected. And so that's what makes me really, really proud of who and what we are. And I keep on sharing that story as a way to say, can you imagine if we did not exist? Like, where would somebody like that get care and and be treated like a human being? So it's 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 such a serious proposition and it's about to get even more serious yeah. no.
1: well i think it's and i think too it's good yeah i i'll second what what steph said just like i have so many people in my life that have been so blessed to have access to um you know a planned parenthood center right you know right here in humboldt and and what a what how important that is and i think uh, you coming on today and, and just providing a voice to let people know that in these uncertain times that there are people that are, they're, they're not, you're, you're, you are you do not sound weary, you know, you sound fired up, uh, and, and ready to take on what comes. So I think that a lot of people, um, will be heartened, to, uh, to, to hear that. And so I, I, I really appreciate, um, yeah, your willingness to come on and, uh, and, and share your fire with us.
2: Yeah. You yeah, thank you. This is the only way we made it through, is because of people like the two of you and everybody in the sport. That's I told. Even in the darkest of days, well. we knew <laughs> we knew everyone had our backs, so that we could continue on. And so we know that we've seen the thousands of people that hit the streets. So we are not alone. And this is how I get energized. This is how our team gets energized. So thank you for reaching out. And allowing me to have this platform with you, uh, yeah. we're here, um, and let's keep this conversation going.
1: Yeah, is there, is there is there anything else that we didn't get to that you feel like is important that you would want people um, up in our little neck of the woods to to know about as we as we move forward in this uh, uh, I, in this weirdness? I,
2: I didn't I, I didn't miss anything, but I just want to impart again. Um, this is the moment to to step it up. Uh, however, you are capable of doing so. Registering to vote vote, join the Board of Advocates, join other movement uh, rallies, donate to us, uh, find an abortion fund. These are the things that are going to matter. And more importantly, to support the constitutional amendment. Do not get caught up in whether if at all in.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Gilda Gonzalez, CEO of uh, Planned Parenthood, NorCal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. All right. That's it. Uh, Man, I really. Yeah. Gilda Gonzalez, CEO.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I know. I I was kind of surprised at that, but very uh, glad that we had an an opportunity to talk to her. It's really important uh issue that is going on uh with roe v wade threatened and our reproductive rights being Mm. threatened and uh to speak to somebody who has such passion about the topic and such tenacity is really inspiring and uh, yeah
1: and I, i guess i guess the top line point for for people here in humboldt is um be thankful let's be thankful we live in in california where this uh, this news is 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 not likely to affect our day to day as much as it would somebody in Arkansas or South Dakota or any of those other places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I I, I think it is important, you know, as Gonzalez said, to to not be not to take it for for granted though, and that that doesn't mean yeah. we don't have to keep working, uh, and keep fighting, and and especially because you know we do still have you know that we're, we're pretty guaranteed at this point you know to still have yeah. access uh, to abortion but, and uh, but who knows what in, the future holds yeah we don't know what the future holds but it's a good opportunity for us to to step up and and help you know other people who are going to have this access likely have this access taken away yeah. um uh again Happy Mother's Day uh, to everybody on this topic. Thank you for listening. I I just want to say again, I love my kid. Uh, I'm so happy that I had her, Uh, but I had her at a time when it felt like the right decision. And uh, and it is still absolutely 100% the most difficult thing I have ever had to do in my entire life.
1: I've watched you do it.
0: uh, And uh, I say as I am stuck at home with COVID, uh, recording this podcast, trying to work while my kid is watching elbow on my phone, uh, Mm -hmm. it's really hard and I could not possibly imagine uh, having done it if I was feeling that I had no choice and was simply doing it because I was being forced to. Uh, So I firmly believe that nobody um of any gender should be forced to carry out a pregnancy um that they don't want to so let's make sure that we give people the right to choose
1: and let us not gloss over the fact that uh Steph is doing this podcast with a kid and with COVID
0: (laughs) Thank you, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So happy Mother's Day to me.
1: Yeah. Happy Mother's know. Day, Steph.
0: Thanks. I'm gonna continue, uh, you know, isolating and. Bye, bye. I like Elmo Oh, Elmo turned off. So I guess that's yep. my cue.
1: <laughs> yep. Bye, everybody.
0: See you soon. I hope so. Bye.
1: Just another reminder that Humble Holding Up is brought to you by the North Coast Co-op. And as somebody who uh, operates, works in Old Town Eureka, let me just say, when those lunchtime hunger pangs hit, I find myself drawn to the salad bar at the North Coast Co-op, what I do is I, I go, I take a spinach. I really go overboard on the uh the, the, the tofu chunks and then, um, <laughs> eat some, you know, a bunch of onions. I also, I'll throw some chicken in there with the tofu. I go heavy on the protein stuff is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it as much like not a vegetable salad as possible.
1: <laughs> it was really hard for me. You know, the, the salad bar went away during COVID for obvious yeah, reasons for I a remember. little bit. Um, I remember but that it's was back. really hard on you. It was yeah. really hard on me, but it's yeah. back. And, uh, oh, and then I, put, I, I cover it all with the, the balsamic vinaigrette. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, in my mind, I'm doing something healthy for myself. But I don't know if I ultimately, that's what happens. I really, I, 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 like, a, I like a fat salad.
0: Well, there's no place better to make yourself a fat salad than at the uh, North Coast Co-op. So let's let's go get a salad right now, Andrew.
1: I can't wait. Right now! So, Steph, there's a bunch of grow shops in Humble, right?
0: I think so yes yeah yeah
1: and and one of those happens to be humble hydroponics which is located at 1302 union street do you know where that is
0: uh yeah of course that's right over by uh the broadway cinema
1: that's correct yeah Ah. Yeah, there you go and humble hydroponics is committed to helping their community through tough times by providing discounts keeping prices down whenever possible
0: oh well do they have soils nutrients supplements Yes. yes Yeah, what about trellis, bamboo stakes, watering tools, uh-huh. solutions?
1: Generally liquid. Look, they have lighting, LED and otherwise, trays, inserts, perlite, rock wool fans, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Wow, they have everything. And and where is Humble Hydroponics located again?
1: 1302 Union Street.
0: Right, right by the Broadway Cinema. huh
1: that's right. Give them a call at 707-443-4304.
0: I, okay.